0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast presented by the Denver Post. This is sports writer Kyle Newman, joined by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And we've got a packed show for you here today, talking Broncos, OTAs as they fire them up on Monday with their first one. We'll talk about that, the plan for OTAs from Vic Fangio's perspective, who was there and wasn't there, especially in that first OTA on Monday. And much more. So, Ryan, first off, initial impressions from that first OTA, and just kind of the format, and uh, two of the most notable no-shows: Melvin Gordon and Kyle Fuller. Ask me what I thought of the first OTA. What did you think of the first OTA, Ryan? But you were very excited when Brandon McManus was there, right? Uh, I'll get the uh, <laughs>
1: before I touch on the kicker. Um, it was boring. I mean I hate to say that because we're lucky to be covering football and be in there, but And we got to see the whole thing. Yeah, we saw the whole Which thing. Which is unprecedented. But there wasn't any team drills. You know, there wasn't a lot of passing and catching. There was a lot of drill work. So it wasn't it wasn't high on the uh interesting scale. But you know, the first thing the first thing we looked for when we walked into the uh you know complex on Monday was Who's there? Who's not there? And the first guy I looked for was the player rep, and that'd be kicker Brandon McManus. You know, it's about a month ago he put out his, you know, his name wasn't on the statement. It was the Broncos players through the union saying they were boycotting on-field voluntary activities. That blew up in his face. And I can't wait to talk to him because he'll probably deny that it did because he'll say, well, some guys, you know, did stay away from phases one and two. I don't care. I mean, OTAs are voluntary, and yet you had – 80 guys there uh, wearing helmets and that most of the guys except for two that weren't there were because of injuries or other excuses so um, I got a kick out of that Um, you know it was Teddy Bridgewater's first time in a Bronco uniform he looked like it Um, he looked like he was throwing in receivers for the first time which is true
0: high wide short but the orange gloves looked flashy even from afar you could see the sun glinting off I
1: didn't see the orange gloves I was too busy socializing uh (laughs) Um, I Drew and Lock taking and, attendance. And too, taking attendance, Drew Lock look. Uh, Drew Lock looked good. Um, you know, you can't even really tell which guys were limited, uh, you know, or going full speed or who was even just watching with a helmet on. So you couldn't really gain a lot. You I mean you see teams around the league doing eleven on eleven. Vic Fangio said he's not going to do that. He's not do that for the first six. I don't think he's going to do it for all for any OTA because usually it's like nine or ten practices. And usually going nine, so not a lot of. Drama, Not a lot of storylines developed, but, um, you know, the two notable absences were running back Melvin Gordon and cornerback Kyle Fuller. You know, they chose to do their own thing. Melvin Gordon would have been here if he was a starting running back. Had they not drafted Javante Williams the second round, I firmly believe that. Kyle Fuller, I don't know what the heck he's thinking. He's on a one-year deal. Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator, and Vic Schvendel head coach stumped for him to be, Signed here less than 12 hours after he's cut by the Bears. Yeah, that was
0: that's very puzzling. You know, they they say he's highly touted. Obviously, Fangio's had his eye on him for a while. Obviously, going back to Chicago. So,
1: what's and, then, and then
0: Vic's answer when he was asked, "Where was Kyle Fuller?" and he said, "I don't know."
1: Yeah, <laughs> why did he miss? I don't know why. To me, and, and I tweeted that, and a couple of fans says,
0: "Well, it's voluntary." I mean, honestly. Okay. Uh, I'd I'd almost swore. Take the levels down. Take uh, the levels down. But like uh, like Ryan O'Halloran said on Twitter, the coach, the old ball coach, deserves a call or a text. Yes, right? Hey, yeah. listen, coach, I'm not I'm not reporting because of this. Yeah, and you
1: know, and say, hey, I'm gonna, I, I'm feeling I'm doing my own thing really well here. Yeah, I'll be at mandatory minicamp. Okay, at least there's some lines of communication there. And you know people, you know these 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 fans who say, well, it's voluntary; they don't have to be there. Well, ninety percent of the guys were there. They thought it was important to be there. Uh, are we getting paid extra to do these podcasts? No, we're basically volunteering to do it, but we think it's important for the brand, important for the website, so we're here doing it. That's we, what comes to being a dang adult. We didn't go 5-11 last year, too. Okay. We're 16-0. <laughs> uh, so uh, the other guys, I mean, on the injury front, you didn't expect Bassey or Albert O. Right. uh Purcell. Although Albert O was out there. Yeah. Percells were working on of a side field, looking yeah, good. Yeah, Duke Dawson. Around. Bradley Chubb is interesting. I mean, they called it a bone spur that developed late in the season. You know, my cynical question or issue is why did they take care of it then instead of now? I mean, I don't think bone spurs heal on their own.
0: Right. Well, and, and Fangio, I, I thought it was puzzling, too, because, you know, Fangio said they held him out the final two games because of that the ankle issues. And then, as he continued to work out throughout the offseason, Fangio said it would feel good sometimes. Other times, it wouldn't feel good. So I guess the decision was made rather late. Yeah. Hey, we should probably have this surgically taken care of.
1: Yeah, and you know, to me, it's if it's feeling good sometimes and not feeling good the other times, that's a concern. Right. You know, maybe much ado about a little bit. Uh, you know, I was encouraged to see Cortland Sutton out there. He'll be he'll be managed during this offseason program, which is what he should coming off the ACL, and uh, Von Miller, we'll get to him uh, in a different podcast, but, you know, Von was back out there. So, you know, with no pads, with no 11-on-11, 11 11, you can't even really see the depth chart develop. But uh, so it was kind of a, uh, you know, ho-hum, let's put it that way.
0: First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan O'Halloran. This is Kyle Newman. So before we close the show, just some quick thoughts on the the QB competition. Right, which officially started yesterday. Well, not really in Vic Fangio's mind, because uh, as he pointed out, it's really hard to gauge you know anything before you get into a team setting, before you especially into those preseason games, which he said are gonna you know from his early comments, it seems like those preseason games you know depending on how camp goes, of course, are gonna hold a lot of weight.
1: You know, uh, I'll, I'll 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 say what some people, members of the Denver media mafia, tweet. I asked. When I asked Vic, hey, can either of these two guys separate themselves during the next four weeks? And, and you, you, you sort of uh, gave the, gave most of the answer. When there's no 11 on 11, when there's no pads on, it's tough to do that. To me, it's going to be interesting how he handles these preseason games in two respects one, who starts the first one? And two, how long does each of them play? Three, do, let's say Teddy Bridgewater starts the first preseason game at uh, Minnesota, does Drew Locke play with the starters against Minnesota? Okay, how much, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of layers to this to make sure, if they want it to be a fair competition, there are a lot of layers to this to make sure each guy has a legitimate shot. And, you know, big picture, Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is a veteran. He can handle not getting a ton of snaps. Drew Locke needs Reps. He's still, a sec- he's still a third-year player with 17 career starts. So I think it's important to him to get a lot of work, even if it is with the second team. And there's plenty of receivers and tight ends to go around. And the one thing about a big fan of training camp is every receiver is working with every quarterback. And that's the way the rotations go. So it doesn't matter if Drew Locke one day in camp is working behind the number two offensive line. He can still throw to Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. So, you know, the quarterback
0: competition didn't start and it won't start until early August. And Drew Locke on the post OTA Zoom asked a couple times about the uh, you know the rumors this offseason, You know how just he handled all of that, and he basically dismissed it and said, "Hey, I'm I'm in my own zone. Work, focus on my own growth." And he also seemed uh, a little calm. You know, he he spoke kind of projecting down the line and you you can tell he thinks he's going to be the starter but yeah
1: I like that I mean yeah. you know you have to treat it like it's your job right and he can he can sound like that because he doesn't have to learn a new offense this year he's familiar with Pat Shermer, familiar with Mike Shul, the quarterback's coach so I liked I liked the confidence portrayed to him I didn't mind him you know leaping on some of the questions and changing the subject I mean, I asked, hey, how did, it was it tough to block out the Stafford, Watson, Rogers talk? And he said, believe it or not, no. Well, and I'll was, probably meet him
0: in the middle. That was probably one of the most revealing answers yeah. he had. Just more, less in the words, but more in the body language. Yeah. he was like, okay, yeah, I knew, you, knew this was coming. Yeah, but, and I think the issue then
1: was it kept coming. Those questions kept coming. Where I think he handled that first answer well, matter of fact. He said, hey, you know, I got a job to do. I had to worry about myself it's impossible to completely tune it out because it's human nature. So right now, though, it's all about ball for him. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to see how Drew plays in camp because you sort of know what you're going to get from Bridgewater.
0: So Locke coming into his third season but second year in this system, like you said, Ryan, that gives him a bit of an advantage over Teddy. But then on the other hand, Teddy, more the veteran guy. Locke needs the reps to just continue to develop. So – it's going to have to be, you know, a true quarterback competition. And Von Miller, we'll, we'll get to him on, on the next podcast, like you said. But he said, hey, I embrace the quarterback competition. But Vic Fangio's got to set it up right. And I think he will. Yeah, I'm glad Von is embracing the competition. You know, I, I slept easier last night when he said <laughs> that.
1: Some people actually wrote about that. But, uh, you know, Vaughn should worry about trying to get back to double-digit
0: sacks. First Orange Podcast, that's Ryan Haller and this is Kyle We really Appreciate listening in to today's show. Be sure to head to DenverPost.com slash Broncos for continued coverage of the team. And until next time, folks, take it easy.